The shadows of storm and night, the mysteries of life and light. From unearthly peculiarities, celestial and divine, to apparitions and transcendental signs, you're listening to To the Spirit Podcast. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Spirit. I'm Beck, and today I have a guest that's been a paranormal investigator for over 10 years. In 2010, she founded a group called St. Croix Paranormal, based out of Stillwater, Minnesota, and was featured on Biography's channel, My Ghost Story. She produces a local cable show called Paranormal Patrol that runs in Stillwater, Minnesota, and on YouTube. Last year, she had the opportunity to purchase the Boyd House, which seems to have a rich history and most undoubtedly is haunted. Please welcome Jill Shelley. Hi, Jill. Thanks for being here today. Hi, Becky. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. What sparked your interest in the paranormal? Uh, well, actually, I've kind of always been fascinated by ghosts and scary things since I was a small child. But my first experience was actually at my grandmother's house. There was a room that's in the back that none of us kids had ever liked. It was always really cold. You always felt like somebody didn't want you there. We just didn't like that room. And in the middle of the night, one night, I had awoken to the sound of footsteps coming out of that room. It stood at the door that I was sleeping at. And I had my back to the door, but I could feel it like completely, almost like staring through me. And because I was a younger child, I didn't want to turn around and, and take a look at it because it was quite scary, frankly, at that age. Then I just turned around and walked back. And I, I knew it wasn't my parents because they were still sleeping. I could hear them snoring. And my grandmother sleeps downstairs. So... I mentioned it to her in the morning, and she just kind of said, oh, honey, that's a ghost, and he's not going to hurt you. So that really started to spark my interest, like, okay, well, if grandma's not scared, and I didn't make this up, you know, now I want to know more. So that just kind of made my hunger grow even more for the, for the paranormal. Did grandma know who that ghost was? No, we never really spoke of it since then. It was just kind of that one-time conversation. My grandma's really religious, so for her to talk about that, I just, you know, took her word for it. Did that religious aspect follow you into your work? I like to ask paranormal investigators what their spiritual beliefs are. You know, I was raised Catholic, and when I do, you know, I guess I don't really necessarily practice, like, any particular type of rituals or anything when we do go paranormal investigating. Um, but I think what, you know, somehow some people have like, you know, crosses or medals or, you know, that kind of thing, which which I had in the past had some. But I think a lot of it just comes from your inner faith and how strong that you feel towards whatever, you know, you're drawn to religion wise. And I, and I think it's just your inner strength that protects you a lot in these types of situations for uh, paranormal investigating. When you go into an investigation, do you protect yourself in any certain way? Do you maybe say a prayer. Our team will do that, just, you know, our own personal thing when we leave, just so we don't necessarily have anything attached to us. The only time we we really felt the need to protect ourselves was we went to the Saddamsville Rectory in Ohio, and that was known to be uh, pretty malevolent spirits and, and known for a lot of negative activities. So we kind of felt like we needed to protect ourselves more there just because we knew the, the history on it. And then in which case we just brought items to us again, which, which we felt protected us. So 
I didn't get that super evil feel when we were there, but uh, we just heard about it, so we thought we'd take precautions. Now, you've been on quite a few paranormal investigations. What investigations stood out for you? Well, well, you, you know, you almost have, like, something special for every place that you have been. I guess some of the, like, my first one I'll always remember would be the Velisca X Murder House. That was the very first known, well-known haunted location that we did. Our team just started out originally just doing private homes and businesses. So doing the uh, Velisca just because we had a lot of interaction. We had a lot of equipment interaction. We had like little pebbles being thrown at us. And then just kind of being in the house with that history was very overwhelming and very emotional for me. It almost, it almost like it got a hold of me. Like I was literally upstairs crying because I just all of a sudden got overwhelmed with sadness thinking about what had happened at the location. But was more exciting too when we... Because a lot of the evidence you'll capture, you don't always know until you get home and you can you know, either review it on voice recorders and things. But we actually had a lot of the EVPs from the children. And so they were saying, like, I want to touch your things. We were, like, yelling, is anybody here? And you heard, we're home. And just the kids uh, were actually talking amongst themselves. One said, do you want to play? And the other one said, no way. And then another really good one was, like, no, Lena, no. Lena was one of the, the child that had gotten murdered. And then the other really crazy thing that happened is I was sitting on the bed and just waiting for my friends to come up and join me in a room. We were going to do some trying to get some interaction. And the beds that they have are really old, like spring, metally, boingy mattresses. So when somebody sits on it or makes any movement, they, it moves. And I was just sitting there and you could actually, I felt like this somebody just dropped down. Like, you know, they just jumped on, you know, sat on their butt like a kid would. And the whole bed just shook. And I was just like, oh, my God. And I jumped up, you know, because I was totally startled by that. And I remember I didn't get a uh, wink of sleep that night because, boy, I was just terrified to be in there. But we had great experiences. Well, you said you had pebbles thrown at you. Have you ever had physical encounters? Uh, I myself have just maybe like have had like a tug on my shirt. Sometimes I find a scratch here and there. Teresa, uh, one of our other team members, we call her the paranormal punching bag because Pretty much, she's the one who gets pushed or scratched. She tends to be the one they tend to physically pick on, and we haven't quite figured out why. But I've actually seen her thrown across a room at one, not all the way across, but probably about three or four feet. I've seen her pushed out of a chair. Wow. From a a spirit. Poor Teresa. (laughs) Yeah, you know, she just expects it. But uh, yeah, that that one actually happened at, we were at Whispers Estate, which is another house known for a lot of, negative energy. The doctor that owned the house did a lot of unethical things with his patients, buried people, there's body parts in the backyard. His daughter had a accidental fire and, and burned. And so he gave her mercy killing three days later. Uh, another child has fallen down the stairs and died. So just a lot of negative things going on at this house. You know, right from the get-go, going to that house, we had um just like a lot of energy on us. Like it almost felt like cobwebs on us all the time. And you're just constantly wiping your face. Teresa and I were up in this closet where the man had died. His name is Virgil. And he's a very crabby guy, I guess. And he died the day of his retirement right in front of that closet, putting the tools away. So there's a lot of negative, angry energy that happens in that closet. People get scratched and pushed and locked in and all kinds of things. So it's a big walk-in closet, and it had a, had a little small table and a chair in there, and she was sitting in the back. 
I was with her in there, but something in my head said, get out of this closet. So I stepped out, but I kind of didn't say anything to Teresa because I have a fear of being in closets and things like that. Cause I'm always afraid I'm going to get shut in. So I don't yeah. like that. <laughs> so when we're out, I usually keep a foot in the door and that kind of stuff if we're investigating. So I didn't say anything to her. And then the spirit box said, shut this door. And then we didn't do that either. So right after that, her and the chair came launching out of that closet. So it was about three to four feet that they flew. And she said that she physically felt somebody pick up the chair and push it. And we kind of debunked the fact that, you know, like, oh, did you fall out of your chair? Because she, we were, well, if she fell out of her chair, she would have just fell flat forward. She wouldn't have been launched three to four feet out right. of the closet. So uh, that was a pretty intense moment for the whole team and we got her back up there in the closet later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, have you ever brought home a hitchhiker? I have not. My other team members have Alex and um, he one day he's not sure who it was. He thinks it was from Melvern Manor, but he's not sure. He said once he got home and he lived in an apartment, had never, ever, ever had any problems, lived there for years his dog started going crazy, just barking, and then the kitchen faucet would turn on, and then the bathroom faucet would turn on, and then the bathtub would turn on, and it was just kind of just, then they would hear noises, and then he just kind of saged and, you know, kind of told them they weren't welcome, and that was the end of that. And Donna has seen a cowboy follow her home from somewhere. She can see spirits sometimes. And then Teresa has some stuff happen at her house sometimes, too. You know, the door in the bathroom will lock from the inside when nobody's there. And just some doors opening, closing, you know, stuff like that. So I luckily haven't had anything following home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some paranormal teams incorporate mediums. Do you have a medium or use a medium to aid you in your investigations? No, no. We just kind of use equipment and then our own personal um, experiences or, or how we feel. None of us really have like what you would call a special gift. I guess I could say that sometimes when they're around, I get that feeling that they're around, but I think, you know, quite a few people do. It's just a different change of atmosphere, energy. You just, you pick up on it, you know, something's there. And um, Donna has the ability to see them sometimes, but they come to her. It's not like she can look down a hall and see anybody. It's when they approach her, she has the ability to see them. But there is a medium that I do uh, trust a lot. So sometimes if I have a question or, or need her help, I have somebody I can reach out to. What tools do you find yourself using for investigations? And is there a tool that really resonates with you in particular? Well, we pretty much have every gadget gadget that they pretty much make for paranormal investigating because I just love it all and it's fascinating. But uh, for me, I find I like using the spirit box the most just because the science behind it, knowing that, you know, scientifically we can't really speak in a word in one one hundredth of a second. And the way that that's scanning through. And I've gotten too many um, responses that are direct responses to my questions, whole sentences. Sometimes you get swear words. And I run everything on AM radio. So obviously you're not going to get a swear word regardless of which station you're on. But to pick that up or in direct relations to, again, questions exactly. And it's not yes or no's. For instance, I had um, a private home we did in Stillwater and he lived in a historical house called Captain Jenks house and he was the old riverboat captain for Stillwater and the guy who had us out because his whole family had experiences but he did not he did not believe the house was haunted 
And he was a, a big professor and he had like all these degrees behind him. Very, very intelligent man. And I, you know, explained how the spirit box work and we went ahead and we were running the box and I said, whose house is this? And it said, Captain Jenks. And he became a believer right after that. And it was clear wow. as bell that it had said that. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm actually a big fan of the spirit boxes. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like one of my favorite tools I would definitely use in an investigation. Yeah. It's my favorite. I've gotten so many things that it just blows my mind. So yeah, hands down, that's my favorite thing. Do you investigate private residences? Um, we have in the past, and then now we just kind of gotten away from that and just kind of focus more on, on doing um, well-known haunted locations. And then, you know, as we mentioned, the haunted house, the Boyd house, which we'll get into. So those are kind of our main focuses at this point. Do you ever try to cross the ghosts or the entities that you encounter, or do you just leave them be at the location? Um, we don't do that, and I'm, I don't know anything about how to do that. You know, and so we just pretty much try to divulge in who the spirits are and why are they there. And as, if they need help, then we can always refer, you know, that person or if we felt like if it was a spirit that that we only had connection with and wanted it to pass on, I would probably bring in somebody who knew what they were doing to help them facilitate that. I like that answer. <laughs> at least at least you're being honest and you're helping to guide somebody to somebody that knows what they're doing and not trying to take that on yourself. Right. Have you encountered anything maybe dark or demonic along the way? Um, not necessarily demonic. Maybe like I said at the Whispers Estate that was more of a heavy heavier intent, more evil type energy. And there's been like two places we've been that had a lot of negative, but I didn't really get that feel. But then we would get an EVP that was indicated otherwise. <laughs> so we had gone to Revenant Acres. Unfortunately, that's been torn down now, and that's in Indiana. But it was a really cool little place. And it, it was supposed to be known for a lot of negativity and particularly did not like men. Uh, supposedly, there were two men, too, that had gone as investigating and got possessed in the house. So of course, Alex is our only guy in in the house. And he was pretty worried about that. But when it came time to go to sleep, he's like, well, I'm going to go sleep in the car. I don't feel like sleeping in here. And I'm like, oh, well, just put your mattresses between all of us. Well, we gotcha. So he laid down for a little bit. And then after a while, I he got really restless and he got up and I looked at him. I go, where are you going? He's like, I can't stay in here. I heard footsteps coming down the stairs. I don't feel right. And I'm getting out of here. I'll see you in the morning. So he went and sat in the van, but when we reviewed the video or the EVPs, right after you heard the footsteps and everything, you heard a voice say, kill one. <laughs> so, oh, wow. So we were just like, now that I heard them, like, gee, I wonder which one he wanted. <laughs> so it's like, you know, <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of a negative. And then we also, I know we got a really evil EVP at the Saddamsville Rectory, which, like I said, was negative And... You just heard somebody saying like a really creepy voice. I want your skin. Um, oh, yeah. Oh. And and again, we didn't hear that at the time. But then when you look back, you're like, okay, well, that was going on. So. <laughs> yeah. When you go in to investigate, do you guys just do like an overnight investigation? Or are you locking down or what are you doing? Yeah, we usually do uh, overnights and we only do if, if we can have it to ourselves just so we can control the, you know, if there's any contamination, we know if it was one of us or, or something. It's hard to do if you go on the, on the tours and things. 
So we, yeah, we pretty much do like overnight investigations at places. Have you ever encountered a shadow person? I had been seeing an uptick in some of the forums that people were starting to see shadow people more and more, it seems, this year. And I'm not sure what that has to do with, but I like to ask investigators, have you ever encountered a shadow person? And also, what, in your opinion, do you think a shadow person is? Is it different than a ghost? I've only one time seen a shadow person. That was actually at a bar we were investigating, and, and me and another investigator actually saw it. That's what actually we were on the biography channel for. We were up on the second floor investigating and all of a sudden like the temperature dropped and it was so cold and I had goosebumps and then we both looked towards the window because some movement caught our eye and you saw like this black and almost you know I guess you would say you wouldn't say grim reaperish but you know that kind of that shadow figure of grim reaper you know with the black roby type look oh, and it yeah. just went really strobe motion really fast across the window and we both looked at each other and we're like, um, did you just see that? <laughs> so, so that would be the only one that I've actually seen. I feel like it, because it t seems to take a lot of energy for them to even just do like a full apparition or pretty much anything. I'm just wondering if maybe the black shadow is just kind of, they just don't have enough energy to make it all the way. That's kind of what I lean to. I don't know if that's the correct answer. I like to compare to see what people's thoughts are on it because it's definitely a strange phenomenon. And I'm wondering also, have you ever seen a full body apparition? No, I haven't. That's like my dream. I really would like, I don't, I always think I'm going to sit there and go, oh my God, what's your name? But I, I probably think, I, I don't know what I do. I'd probably freeze. And then by that it would be all over and I wouldn't have time to react. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I would love to see one. I just, my big fear is to like open my eyes from sleeping and there it is. I don't want that. <laughs> that would be creepy. <laughs> so most of your investigations, you'd probably hear auditory things coming through with your ears? We'll hear um, audible voices and things like that. Yeah. We've heard footsteps and, and moving around and banging and just kind of all kinds of crazy stuff. Have you ever had any like a ports drop out or see something that just appears in a room or anything that gets moved? Um, I mean, we've had like REM pods and stuff go off when we've asked them uh, and they'll interact with the equipment that way. I don't think I've actually physically have with my own eyes seen anything move. I have at my Boyd house, I've actually had them push cards off the table that's captured on film. And there was actually one team that actually, it happened in front of them. They got to actually see it. You recently purchased a haunted house. Can you tell me about the Boyd house? Yeah, it was about um, two years ago. I was able to purchase the Boyd house and I got the idea of doing it just from traveling around to well-known haunted locations. Decided it was something I would like to try to do. Just going through the MLS listings, I came across the house for sale. I was just really, really drawn to it. And I went out and took a look at it, and uh, my realtor was really good about knowing that what I was buying it for. So we did like a little mini investigation at the house, and I had kind of put a REM pod down, and that went off probably within eight minutes of being there. It just had a feel to it. You just knew something was there. And then I think the spirit box, we got a, like a girl's name, Bridget, and then a lady who said, who are you? Because nobody had ever really communicated with these spirits before. I checked with my medium that I, I work with, and she said that there were like six spirits there. 
And then I decided, well, okay, let's just ask the owners. And they kind of blew everything off, but they did have experiences. It wasn't crazy because they tried not to interact with anything, but they have said there were quite a few oddball things that had happened since they lived there. So so I went ahead and purchased it and um, started investigating and allowing other teams to come in and investigate. Do you reside there? No, I don't li- I don't live there. I don't, I, you know, as much as I do this, I really don't want to live in a haunted house. <laughs> it's not because it's scary. I just feel like you would never have privacy, you know? <laughs> yeah, or get sleep maybe. Right. You knew what you were going in for. So it wasn't abandoned. Somebody actually lived there and put it up for sale. Right. Yeah, they'd actually lived there, I think, like 30 years or something. They had different, different experiences. They had sometimes would see a man in the house couple times they would hear like old-fashioned music playing they didn't want to really talk about it and that's how a lot of people are with the paranormal because they don't want people to think you're crazy but yeah they did have some and then the more I investigated because I probably took about two months after I purchased the house it was built in 1901 and I wanted to bring it back to the old age it still has got all the natural woodwork and a chandelier and it's got like the servant stairs, you know, one on one side, one on the other that you can come and go. And just a lot of history and, and just richness. So I brought that back by um, putting up Victorian wallpaper and just doing some painting and, and kind of changing some things around a little bit. And that might have stirred up a bunch of stuff too. But through the two months of me just doing that, I started getting more information of the spirits that are there. So the activity did pick up while you were kind of doing like a slight remodel. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, what we've learned. So one of the the first owners, not the very first, but in 1912, Fred Eckert took over the house and he lived there with his wife and they both passed away in the house. Um, We do know Fred for sure is still there. We get his name all the time because he says his name all the time. (laughs) (laughs) um, But he was a big founder, one of the founders of the town. He owned like the big, one of the big major stores. A very well-respected businessman was on the fire department. He helped build a Lutheran church, just very into the town, very well-respected. And so the more I talk about his businesses and things that I learn and personal things that I learn about him, I get a lot more interaction. I actually had put a K2 in a chair, and we don't have a lot of EMF. I've gone through the whole house, so there's really not much that reacts to the K2 meter at all. Plus, it had been just sitting in this chair, and I, be, I had been meaning to do this, and, and we started feeling that Fred was in the, in the room. So I went, and I got a picture of Fred inside his store, and I put the picture up, and that K2 went all the way to the red and kept flashing red, 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 like he was so excited to see that picture. That was kind of uh, a really good connection that I felt like I made that day. This sounds like a very large home. I think you said it was Victorian. Yeah, it's uh, it's 2,100 square feet. When you walk in, you're kind of like in the kitchen. And then it's got like the living room parlor area. 
and then like a little another off room that the piano's in. So that's just kind of all flows on one floor. And then the basement has uh, just like a main room, a laundry room, and then another room in the back that nobody likes. And I don't like that room. <laughs> why, why is that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've never had anything really bad happen, but nobody likes that room at all. You, it's just not comfortable. And we don't know why because that's an add-on to the house. It's not even original to the house, that little section. But there's just something about it. And a lot of people have said that too. You know, and I've got equipment to go off in there, so obviously they're traveling there. The, the interesting thing with the house, too, is, you know, it, the deed goes back to 1884. So that land was actually owned by the railroad, and the railroad pretty much tracks are just really right, pretty much behind the property. You can see the train go by when it goes by. So a lot of famous town people had it. The town was butted up against the Sioux Dakota Reservation line back in the day as well. So, I mean, there could have been a lot of tragedies going on in the 1700s that nobody even reported in this area too. So part of it could be the land as well is why we're getting getting some more of these spirits in the house. Yeah, so then we have the um, upstairs is like three bedrooms, which we've turned one into a, a library and left two of the bedrooms and then the kids play porch and then a full length attic that runs the whole gamut of the house. So it, it's got a lot of areas to explore. It sounds like you have hotbed for energy as far as you've got railroad tracks, which I believe are like a big conduit of energy. Right. And then you've got the Native American history going on there. Do you notice one particular room that maybe is the most active? You know, it kind of varies from day to day. You know, sometimes I'm like, all right, this is the room. This is the, the room here. And then it switches. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> then you get like nothing. So I think I get a, most of the activity. It seems like a lot of people as well get most of the activity upstairs, just on, on that upper floor. And then, you know, pretty moderate amount in the parlor and the living room area. But the basement is where I had the card get thrown. But I don't have a ton happen there. But I've had REM pods go off. So I, I mean, I guess I've had stuff all over the house, you know. It's, it's so hard to say, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, it's a, it, it's some days are better than others. <laughs> Have you found any history or done any history on the house? Um, just that I know, like I know some of the other names of the people who owned the land or the house prior to them, but they never really, you know, I'm doing their research. They were never like anything super important that I found. Like I said, Fred, Fred's family was like one of the first founding things that I could find. So I do know that, like I said, him and his wife passed away. Two of their children passed away in the house as well. Yes, yeah, so I just I just know quite a bit about them and their history and, and things that they had done. And then there was another lady in the 70s who was German, and she passed away in the house as well. I have had a medium say that she's still there because she's looking for some documents. But I haven't found anything, so I guess I won't unless I tear a wall down, I suppose. And I'm not, I don't want to do that yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who else do you think you've discovered there? Uh, we definitely have children. I think one's name is Luke. I have gotten quite a few EVPs of a younger boy. I've been told by a medium that there is a younger boy there. And I've gone on the spirit box, too, up in the attic. I said, you know, what's your name? And it said, Luke, I'm eight. And I've gotten him too. A lot of times I just get like a little boy's voice. Sometimes I can't make it out of what they're saying, but they're, sometimes they're just laughing and giggling. Uh, one time I did open a closet and it said, don't hurt me. So I don't know if I scared him or maybe he was an abused child. I don't know. That's so sad. It is, it is but I, 
I try to, when I'm there, you know, I talk to them like, like I'm having a conversation with you. Like I will come in there and just ramble on about how my week was and how are things going with you guys. And if somebody shows me a piece of evidence or something that they got while they were there, I'm like, hey, did you like it when so-and-so? They showed me. That was really cool. Keep it up. And, you know, and I tell them all the time, if you don't tell me something, tell them and they'll tell me. I'll do stuff for you. So I bring gifts, I guess, as you would say. Like I have a lot of toys for the kids. I bring them stuff or... Like if I'm at an antique shop and I see something like, a, you know, a piece of jewelry or something that I think maybe the woman spirits might like, I'll pick that up and just bring it. So I try to make them happy. <laughs> Little offerings. Did yes. you notice when you do that, if there's any movement? Uh, not necessarily movement. I know one time, I and it's still hanging there, so it's probably making her mad. <laughs> I bought a picture that I liked at the antique shop and I put it up in the main bedroom. And I had asked an EVP, I said, hey, I hope you guys like this picture. And it says, I don't, was the EVP I got. And then later that morning at like 7 o'clock, I had like three bangs, like bam, 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 on the wall right where that picture was. I don't know if they were trying to get it off. So I I don't think they like that one. No. (laughs) It's just some flowers. It's nothing bad, you know. (laughs) They're not digging it. They don't like that decor. Yeah, I guess not. Well, I ask them all the time, you know, because we redid the, the room and stuff in like a black and gold Victorian wallpaper, so it all looks kind of like royal. They don't really answer me that, but a, another medium that had been on in investigating had said that the lady told her she didn't like the way the furniture was arranged. <laughs> so. Oh, did you rearrange for her? I didn't. The only reason I didn't is because I have the bed in that bedroom. There's a door that goes out to the roof, and I think back in the day, it was more for, they must have had a, a third a porch a lot of those houses did back in the day when I find pictures of the town in the 18-1900s they all had like a upper balcony almost uh, so I think that used to be a balcony but now you can barely open the one of the doors and I'd hate for somebody to wreck it trying to thinking to get it open so this was just yeah. the easiest way to keep people <laughs> from opening it I feel bad for the kids I always wonder about ghost children and why why they get stuck because you would think they're so innocent especially if he was abused he sounds like he was abused i always question why are these children stuck right yeah and you know we don't even know why you know is it because they they got lost along the way they don't know they're dead they're scared you know there could be different reasons and maybe they just feel like they're happier here you know this is what they know and this is my house and so it's it's hard to say i mean i guess i feel and we had talked earlier, if I had one of the children come to me and, and somehow said, I, I want to go, I would get somebody over there to send them on their way. Do you visit the house daily or? No, not daily. I get there as, as much as I can. You know, I do work a full-time job and then it is rented on the weekends. So I get there as much as I can to do some cleaning and, and checking up on and investigating. Unfortunately, when I do go, I am really busy, as I said, cleaning and fixing things and and whatnot. So I I don't get to investigate now as much as I did in the beginning, but I do always have a voice recorder with me all the time when I'm working. And we get things like this year, we set up a Christmas tree. And so we just let it run the whole time. And uh, we got like the words perfect. We heard somebody say perfect. We were walking down the steps. Well, because my husband's like really into Christmas. So he was putting this tree up and he was coming down the steps from putting the tree on the top. And we got an EVP that says, watch your step. 
so they just didn't want them to fall. So yeah, they really enjoyed having the Christmas tree up because then we had like the REM pod go off underneath it, and I had put the music box underneath it, and that started going off. So they really, they really did like that Christmas tree. And now you got to decorate for all holidays. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I kind of thought about that, but yeah. So well, uh, they seem all very benevolent. Yeah, yeah. I think, like I said, we know that that Fred is one of them, and then some of the children. And sometimes I get different names, and I wonder if they're just passerby people, just because we have that energy from the railroad track. And and I think too when. Um, you have a group of people and they are doing investigations, kind of create some sort of energy, maybe a beacon, as you will, of maybe calling in like, hey, they're running a spirit box. Let's go talk. You know, that kind of stuff. You're, you're opening up some energies for them to come in and, and see what's going on. So that, that's always a possibility. And, and I do buy a lot of antiques and stuff, too. So you never know if there's attachments from that. I was going to ask you about that, if you ever bring anything home that you thought had an attachment or if you found anything that possibly had an attachment. Well, we did purchase a couple of dolls that are supposedly saying that they're haunted or were spirit. So, of course, they're there. I don't know if that's amped it up or made it any difference. Although one of them, I think one person did get, I have a doll that's supposedly haunted that her name is Lisa. and She's supposedly like a 16-year-old girl that loves children. Somebody did get, I believe it was an EVP when they said, what's your name? It said Lisa. So it could potentially be. That would be my only correlation that I have with any of those spirits that I know supposedly have a name with an attachment to one of the dolls. I can't handle the dolls, man. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't. (laughs) Now you have teams come in, you said, on weekends, so they like reserve yeah, um, anybody who wants to um, come investigate the house, we're open, you know, seven days a week. And um, you can investigate from 3 p.m. till noon the next day. And it's just 175 a night for up to eight people. And you can get a hold of us to request a reservation date. Oh, that's so cool. Now, do you have sleeping arrangements there for them? Uh, a lot of times most groups don't sleep, but I do have two beds available that people can sleep in. And then we have a couch as well. And then I know a lot of people just like will bring their own blow up air mattresses and sleep on those. So there are places you can sleep and we have heat, electricity and a fridge microwave. Do you ask for any proof that they received that they would share it with you? Oh, if they get something, yeah, I definitely would love to see it because I like hearing about everybody's experience and not everybody does, but I do have a little book down there that we have that we ask if people have time, if they can write in it. So a lot of times I'll read that and get more information from that than when I actually hear back from somebody. And, and a lot of them are all really positive and it's fun to, to read about everybody else's experiences. Can you recall any uh, experiences that you read about or have been told about that were kind of shocking or fun or interesting? Uh, well, the one with the EVP with Lisa, so that was kind of shocking. A lot of the same people hearing footsteps or children's voices early in the morning. Sometimes they'll hear singing. People have heard the, the piano, like we'll play like just one or two notes. Footsteps were a main common one with a lot of people. And a few people would have the attic door would open. And I was like, ah, I've never experienced that. That's never happened to me. And then it actually did. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, and I hadn't hadn't thought about it. I think we had, we had just come by to tidy up. And I was coming out of the, the front porch, which, uh, which is the upstairs. There's a enclosed porch both on the upper and lower level. So on the front upstairs porch, which is the kids' playroom, I was coming out. And all of a sudden, that door was open. And I yelled to my husband, like, did you open this door in the attic? He's like, no, I never was up there. 
So then I went and I shut it. And and I've tested, and other paradorbers have tested too. Like you, it doesn't just pop open. I mean, you really have to. It's shut tight. I mean, you can shake that back and forth, and you really have to turn the knob for it to pop open. So I've had that. Now it's happened like two or three times since since then. It doesn't happen every time, but yeah, every time I walk by and it, it's open, I go, "Funny guy, it's real funny." <laughs> Always attics and basements. So what do you think the attic was used for? Probably a storage. You know, it's not uh, insulated or anything. But we do have a lot of people feel like you're not welcome up there. And I kind of feel like it too. Even when the day we went to look at the house to purchase it, Donna and I were actually waiting outside for the realtor. and We were just actually eating lunch in the car and all of a sudden, I turned to her and I go, you kind of feel like something's staring at you out of the attic. And she's like, oh, yeah, since we pulled up. So, <laughs> and actually, I have um, people in town tell me sometimes they see things up in the attic or they'll see a light flash. And, you know, it's it's a really small town. There's like 160 people in town, so everybody knows what's going on. So they're like, we know when somebody's there you know, as far as a group, but when they say when people aren't there, they'll see lights sometimes on and off or see shadows upstairs in the windows and, and things like that. Have you ever stayed the night there yourself or several nights? Oh gosh, all the time. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I spend the night quite often when we go, actually, there's, I think only one time we ran down and do some touch up on something that happened. And other than that, yeah, we always stay at night, sometimes two, two nights. So it depends on the day, you know, if they want to interact or not, but it always seems to be something, whether it's footsteps, their doors opening, or the very first night I actually stayed there, I was kind of excited because the medium I talked to before I purchased, she said, oh, the very first night you stay there, you're going to hear the guy come in from the garden. He's going to come in and through the back door. And I'm like, okay. And it was getting kind of late, and I'm like, nothing's happened, you know. I'm kind of disappointed. Well, I was walking by the basement door, and all of a sudden it was like, bam, 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 really loud, like three times. Like, I jumped up. It was so loud and startled me. And then I tried to, you know, because there is a door that comes in from the outside, um, just a little, like, down the steps from it. But that's a real solidly shut door, so that it, it was no air draft that caused that. I mean, I tried to debunk this as, like, what what just caused this? And the only thing was is making that banging sound like the fist, bam, 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 really fast down the door. So I was like, well, I guess she was right. <laughs> so. Wow. <laughs> right on cue. Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed myself with hauntings that I've experienced that it seemed to be certain times of the year there would be an uptick. Do you notice that at all? Uh, no, I think it just depends on the energy that the spirits are having that particular day. And if I'm just there with myself or my husband or if I'm there with my team, I think it just creates what kind of energy you're going to gonna have for the day. I do know the people who stayed there the weekend that Fred actually passed away had a ton of activity. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Now, when you have teams come in, do you have a set of rules that you lay down for them? Uh, pretty much the, you know, no drugs, no alcohol, um, you know, no smoking, those typical things. I don't want like any satanic or Ouija board things going on. And other than that, just cleaning up after yourself and taking the trash out. It's pretty much is the most part of it. Yeah. Do you have any tips for novice investigators? Um, just remember that it, it is a real thing and you want to learn as much as you can and protect yourself as well, because you, you can get, you can get hurt in this, 
field and not only by spirits but you can also fall down a flight of stairs because where you're going is unfamiliar and it's pitch black and sometimes you're in these older abandoned type buildings and, you, and it's just rickety and so you just need to be safe that way but I think most importantly is is what I say is to have a lot of respect towards your spirits we're not really a provoky type team we do treat our spirits with a lot of respect as if they were still living and and I think that's why we seem to get some really incredible results I couldn't agree more with that do you have any other great stories you want to share well, one time I thought it was really interesting. A friend of mine gave me a Victrola with all the old records. And so we brought it down to the house to play records for the spirits. And we were running the SLS camera, which, you know, shows you that stick figure. And we were just, you know, playing the old fashioned music. And I was like, come on down and let's dance. Let's hang out. Let's have fun. And you know, I kept scanning the thing around the room and all of a sudden there was a stick figure in the wall. I'm like, oh, good. Somebody's here. And then you actually saw him like tapping his hand to the beat of the music. Just the craziest thing. And then he disappeared. I'm like, okay, he's gone. And we were still playing. Well, then I kept scanning. Well, then now I found him sitting in the chair and like with the legs crossed. So you could see the little stick figure with the legs crossed. And again, tapping the arm to the beat of the music. That was crazy. And then we stopped doing that. And then I left the camera and the SLS pointing to the Victrola. And we went on to the different room and we're doing totally something else. And then I said, oh, let me go get that. It's, it's in the other room. And as I walked towards it, I looked at the screen. And there is a stick figure trying to figure out how to put the Victrola back on. <laughs> because you could see him like looking up and then looking to the side where the crank is. Because we had taken the crank out trying to figure out how to turn it back on like they wanted more music. So yeah, that was that was kind of a really cool, cool thing that we had happen. Do you find yourself ever fearful in any situations when you're investigating? Uh, I wouldn't say maybe fearful. I think more I get startled sometimes. But I mean, there is it when you are in a strange place where it's really dark and you don't see anything then that gets a little nerve-wracking sometimes. We've been in uh, two situations, like the Waverly Hills Sanitarium is really dark, but then we also did the Fergus Falls Asylum, which they've only allowed a few people into that place, was probably the darkest place I've ever been with underground tunnels. And that was, again, just more scary as just and fearful because you were scared to walk forward. Like you didn't know, and you always kind of felt like something was going to pop out at you at any moment and you also didn't know where you were going so that was a little scary in itself but I don't think we've had anything like paranormal wise that has scared me a lot so it's more environmentally and then do you find that the more you investigate the less fearful you become or the the stronger you become to where it's kind of old hat yeah I think so you kind of you kind of get used to your surroundings and get familiar with things yeah, because we'll we'll go into certain places and I'll start I'll feel nervous around certain areas, but then as the night goes on, I'm more comfortable with it. And I don't know if maybe I was picking up something at that particular time, and now that energy has moved somewhere else. You know, it's really hard to say. Where can people find you and your team and information on you? Uh, we do have a website, and we also put some information on the Void House on our our paranormal website. So that's SaintCroixParanormal.com. That's S T. C-R-O-I-X. And then you can find us on Facebook under Boyd House or uh, St. Croix Paranormal. And then uh, you can direct email for the Boyd House at boydhouse 
217 at yahoo.com. And you're still doing the paranormal television? Uh, yeah, we haven't done any for a while because with the pandemic, unfortunately, we haven't been traveling to do anything. We haven't been able to do any, any of the video editing that I like doing that. So we do have two trips planned this year. We're going to the Stevenson Building in Nebraska in June. And then August, we're going to do the Asher Walton House in Indiana. And you have all your videos up on YouTube anyway, if they wanted to go to your back catalog. Yeah, you can watch everything that we've done. Um, sometimes we have many videos of just the evidence only, and then we put together our shows as well on YouTube. You can just find us under St. Croix Paranormals, our page, and everything will be listed there. I will list all of that in the description of this episode. Awesome. I want to thank you for being our guest today. The stories you had to share were really great. I, I enjoyed them because they were more on the light side. It wasn't all <laughs> dark and demonic and, you know, the usual. <laughs> So you really brought life to the afterlife. Thanks. I, I've really enjoyed talking with you. To the spirit. Podcast. Supernatural science. I'm ghost. 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 I'm